Yo, 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 what is going on? This is your humble correspondent here, John Ross Marcus Cox, back with the Way Too Much JRMC podcast. Yes, it has been a couple months, and I apologize for that. I have been out grinding the way down in our state's capital here in Kentucky the last couple months, and I'll be honest, my plan was to put out, you know, if not daily content, at least every other day or a couple times a week, at, you know, whatever, and ended up being so crazy busy that I couldn't, I couldn't get anything, get, couldn't get stuff out, you know, in ten time. So my my apologies. Hopefully next year I'm able to get a little more organized and um, you know, get get good stuff out to y'all. Um, you know, during during the session, um, in Frankfurt. So uh, I'm trying to figure out how to start off today. Obviously, it's we've had some terrible news over the last 24 hours. I started to put a show out yesterday, and then the Nashville stuff happened, and I just didn't know if my mom was my mom was in the right place to be able to say, you know, anything, you know, productive or positive, or um, know that I had any kind of take that was worth even mentioning. Um, so I probably need to start there on saying, listen, that's obviously what happened in Nashville yesterday at the that private school where several kids and several um, school personnel were shot and killed. I mean, it's just a terrible situation. Heart, my heart and prayers, my family's prayers all go out you know, to the to the victims of the person that committed the tragedy, as well as the people that lost somebody um, in the terrible tragedy. You know, but as far as like that specific thing goes, that's pretty much where, where I'm going to leave it. I'll leave that for the 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 more um, experienced pundits to to to, di- to dig into that. Now, obviously, some stuff we're going to be talking about today is pertinent and is relevant to that discussion. Uh, just you know, just know that that's not I'm not talking about stuff today because of that. You know, because of what happened yesterday. This you know the things I want to talk about today have to do with what's kind of happened here in the state of Kentucky over the last couple of months. So, you know, just a couple real quick house cleaning items. Obviously, you know, y'all, y'all can find me on Twitter at way too much RMC. Find me on YouTube rumble for the video podcast. Or you can find me pretty much on any of the audio ones. Just, just search the way too much JRMC on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, you know, all, all, all those bad boys. You can find me. So, uh, yeah, lots happened. I'm trying to figure out how to how to actually slow down a little bit and put out a show that isn't totally scatterbrained. But I think I have a, you know, I like to have some articles. And yes, I'm going to be talking about Kentucky today. But like I have been saying all along, like I just, I feel like Kentucky is in a unique position in the country. Always has been a gate, you know, a gateway to the, you know, sort of as a gateway to the West. We have our our culture here is very, you know, it's just very um we'll say traditional conservative you know uh you know whatever but you know, we've also been a very you know democrat state as far as from a state legislature standpoint goes i mean so i, I just i just feel like Kentucky's a very indicative our culture is very indicative of what's happening in across the country and if it's happening here like i've been saying i think it's happening everywhere and i think that what's happening in our legislature this this session if that is true it's a good sign um, but yeah, so let's start out with this here. So first, this article I'm going to read here to you. It's from Reuters. This was, out, this was put out on February 15th of this year. 
title of it is GOP primary voters want presidential candidates to embrace culture war issues. Polls, poll finds. So let's just read through this. So a new poll of Republican primary voters found that the vast majority want the party's presidential candidates to lean into culture war issues, especially when it comes to education and health care. The survey released Tuesday and commissioned by the conservative pro-family American Principles Project found that 93% of 1,000 Republican primary voters surveyed want presidential candidates to prioritize parental rights and school curriculum transparency. There, also, there was also significant GOP voter enthusiasm for candidates who backed federal laws banning permanent sex, change, sex changing medical procedures for minors, 76%, prohibiting biological males from competing in girls' sports, 69%, and requiring age verification measures for pornographic websites to protect kids, 86%, according to the poll conducted by On Message Inc. between January 30th and February 5th. GOP leaders and candidates should take from this poll one important lesson. And yes, I provided this article to several people in our state legislature because I'm excited to tell you in a few minutes about kind of what's, what's transpired down there. So there, was one, there was one important lesson. Voters expect them to fight wokeness. Support for policies protecting families from gender ideology is off the charts, with the majority of the base showing a strong preference for tackling these issues. Meanwhile, approval of, of Republican establishment priorities was much more muted, with most of those surveyed even agreeing that GOP elected officials have given up too much ground in the culture war. The poll shows the enthusiasm Republican primary voters have for many culture war issues. It also found that those voters expressed less interest in more establishment preferred issues like reforming Social Security and Medicare, 64%, using a pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants, and here's the one I like, and providing funding and military aid to the Ukraine. According to the poll, a majority of voters who consider themselves somewhat were very conservative, said they would prefer a presidential candidate who prioritizes combating the left's social agenda. In the poll, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis edged out former President Donald Trump by 15 percentage points, 53 to 38, in a hypothetical head-to-head Republican showdown. So, this article, okay, I'll read you that last part about Ron DeSantis over Trump by 15 points. To, I get a lot of this push when I talk about this. People think that it's only the Trumpican base that are in agreement with what I'm saying are the issues we need to be focused on. It's not true. No matter if it's DeSantis types or Trump or Trumplicans. Okay. Like all those people inside the Republican party, conservatives and moderate Democrats and independents, you know, it doesn't talk about that in here. There's data to show that as well. Want these social culture war issues to be fought because listen, guys, Politics is downstream from culture. Okay, so if we think our politics are heading the wrong direction in this country, it's only because we are not strong on our cultural values at the moment. You know, and I, and I, I firmly believe that. So, Frankfurt, Kentucky Legislative Session 2023. Let me say this, like, what a ride. As y'all know, I started going down there last session, last January, so about a year ago. I'd never been involved before. I didn't know anybody. And it was tough sledding. You know, we get the mask bill out of the house, but you're trying to keep kids out of masking and, and vaccines or whatever. But every appointment that I got was, I mean, 
I had to grind it out to get it, you know, to get in there. You know, it was like one one misstep, and I know I was probably going to be out of there. I called myself the house hillbilly or whatever. This year, I started going back down there again, and I kind of expected much of the same. But man, I, I, I just I was just so I'm so I have such a positive outlook on things now, as far as like what all we have to do is remain engaged. So from last January to this January, I mean, I went from being an outsider to this year. I couldn't really even schedule appointments before going down there because I just didn't know what the day was going to look like, and I knew I'd probably end up having to cancel several. So I was down, I'm down there almost every day during session, and the entire time that we're in session, they're in session, I'm in appointments constantly, getting home seven, eight o'clock, missing football practice, all that stuff, and y'all know that y'all know that it hurts me right there. Now, as far as the legislation goes, I mean, here's what I want to say. We're fighting the good fight and we're winning. Now, it wasn't, it, it wasn't always certain in my outlook that, in my outlook that we were winning. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. What I am going to say is there were moments. There was, so there came a moment where I thought everything that we had all worked for was on the was on the line, and that it that it we literally may get may be getting none of it. Okay, so as far as any of the parental rights, we were we were going for any of the curtailing of the teachers' union power in the state. Didn't think that was going to get dealt with. I didn't know if we were going to get a, get a second amendment bill passed or not. And literally from one night, from one evening to. The next morning, it went from me thinking I'd, I'd just wasted the last 14 years of my life to almost being, like, unable to comprehend what had happened. Now, did we get everything we wanted? Absolutely not. We didn't. But we got some dang good stuff, and we'll talk about, you know, all that here in a minute. You know, but what, you know, what it, what my... I'm trying to think of how to say this. Just to sum up where I'm at right now mentally is it's obvious to me that we're on the right track and that social conservatism, Christian conservatism, traditional conservatism, constitutional conservatism, those are absolutely the path forward. Those are the only the only things that we can rally enough people behind to get a to get a base to where we can you know really forge a path and in, enact legislation that gets this state this country looking like what we want it to look like for our, for our kids and so just to, just to talk a little bit about what we were able to accomplish this this session so we got a obscene a, an obscene books obscene materials bill Passed through the legislature. Now, is it perfect? No. Is there things I wish we would have done differently? Yes. But we got something through that I know a year ago they they had no interest in, and in giving parents and litigators an, another way to be able to go in and try to challenge this, these books and this, these materials, like gender queer and all that, to get them out of schools. We got a parents, you know, a parents' bill of rights through. I mean, it wasn't. 
again, if you if y'all remember the bill that we talked I talked about through several episodes, we did we did not get all of that through. You know, I, w- I wish we'd have gotten more through. You know, but but what we did get through was all stuff that honestly a year ago again they they wouldn't have been willing to consider. You know, so it's like we we've got it in there that they in the state of Kentucky they're going to have to give every parent a listing of all the of all the um, questionnaires and assessments and health health care deals that's going on in, inside schools. All right. The Kentucky Board of Education, is it going to be able to require or recommend that any school district keeps any information from a student's parent? They can't require or recommend policies or procedures for the use of pronouns that do not conform to a student's biological sex as indicated on the student's birth certificate. A school district cannot require school personnel or students to use pronouns for other students that, that don't align with their sex. Before administering any well-being questionnaires or assessments or health screenings, they have to give the parent the, uh, the ability to, to, to opt into it and not opt out, but opt in. Children's in grade five and below are not to receive any instruction through curriculum or programs on human sexuality or, or STDs. And any, any child, reg- schools can't give to any child regardless of grade level any instruction or presentation that has a goal of purpose, a goal or purpose of students studying or exploring gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation. That's K through 12, people. So we've been, we've been asking Kentucky to lead from the front. It's, strong, it's the strongest language right there you're going to find in the country. And then they have to they, they institute policies to notify a parent in advance and obtain the parent's written consent before the child in grade six or above receives any instruction through curriculum or programs on human sexuality or sexually transmitted diseases authorized in this section. Now, there's some stuff in here I don't like. I ain't going to, I ain't going to hit on that now. We can dig into that later. Okay, but we also got through what we'll call the trans surgery bill. You know, I, I, I hate using it like that. I hate, I hate using that, that term. But we basically got through that. No doctor can prescribe or administer any drug to delay or stop normal puberty. Can't prescribe or administer, or administer testosterone, estrogen, or progest. What do you, how do you say that? Progesterone in amounts greater than would normally be produced in a healthy person of that same age and sex. Doctors can't perform any sterilizing surgery on any on any minor. Can't perform any surgery that artificially constructs tissue having the appearance of genitalia differing from the minor's sex, including it's got three different ones: vaginoplasty and a couple others. And they can't remove any healthy or non-diseased body body part or tissue. And then if any doctor does do that, all right, there, there's going to be a statute of limitations that says that that extends to the date of, of which the person that it was performed on is, is 30 years old or within three years from the time the person discovered or reasonably should have discovered that the injury or damages were caused by the violation. Okay, so... It's been, I mean, it's a pretty tough bill here. All right, and then the one, the one part that I haven't, that I didn't tell you, and, I'll, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, I'm, t- I'm telling this part last to you because this is the one that shouldn't have been, this should not have been hard in Kentucky. It shouldn't have been. But for some reason it was. So up until that last moment when they passed, this is SB 150 here in Kentucky, till, the, till they passed this thing, up until the night before, I thought they were going to be passing something that just said schools had to institute a restroom policy and had to notify parents of what that 
policy was. And I was running through those hallways, basically screaming, y'all cannot do this. Because the only side that litigation is coming from is from the left. So all you're going to do, all that was going to happen was rural parts of the state where they weren't allowing boys to use those bathrooms were going to be forced to now put it in, put it into policy and make it official that they were allowed, that they had to let boys use girls' bathrooms because otherwise there's going to be litigation coming from the ACLU, individual, you know, parents, and most importantly, the Biden administration. Just earlier this year, actually no, it was mid last year, the Department of Agriculture sent Oldham County, Kentucky's public school district a warning basically saying if they didn't if they didn't if they were to discriminate against a trans kid that was saying they were a girl but they were born a boy they were going to withhold all their lunch money funding so was any school district going to be able to like stand up to that and, and forego that that funding I, I don't think so so it was imperative that either nothing got done on the bathroom issue or that they did exactly what needed to be done which was saying Boys can't use those bathrooms. But I'm telling you, until the, night, until, the, until the morning that I saw the bill that got redone, that w- it, it wasn't getting done. But it got in there. So as of now, in the state of Kentucky, well, as long as our legislature overrides the governor's veto, boys won't be allowed to use girls' bathrooms. Now I'm going to give a shout-out to, my, to, my, to my, my boy Bill Wesley, Representative Bill Wesley for um, working with me, putting up with me, trying to do everything humanly possible to get his language through in whatever way that we possibly could. You know, like if I think if it had been any other person inside the legislature, it probably would have been contentious between two colleagues. But luckily, I'm not a, I'm not a colleague. I'm a nobody down there. And so he knew I was coming from the right place and I was just trying to help him get his stuff done. And I just really, I really appreciate him for that. So... Now, this obviously used to be several other bills. They combined it all into one. So I'm giving a few shout-outs here to obviously Representative Josh Calloway, been a close friend of mine long, long time here. Same same goes with Senator Lindsey Titchener here in Kentucky. Shane Baker, Ryan Dodson, you know, like just the whole slew of, of people that helped to help work on this bill. The Family Foundation here in Kentucky, they, they were they were absolutely phenomenal and I'm hoping maybe me and the director of the Family Foundation, David Walls, can come on and do, do a show together and just kind of talk about our, you know, again, like my my presence in Frankfurt has nothing to do with me. It's it's a it's an idea. I represent an idea, and like I I, I do want to make like I make everyone uncomfortable, even though I don't try to do that. It just happens, and so uh, our relationship was, even though it ended up being great in the end. It was uh, wasn't always warm and fuzzy, you know. I guess the way is the way to put it. And then you know the other the other rep that absolutely deserves every single bit of uh, positive reinforcement, encouragement, prayers, all that is uh, Representative Jennifer Decker out of Shelbyville, and she's the one that was spearheaded the transgender procedure bill and took all kinds of you know hate and everything from the public and she's just a great person great friend woman christian you know all, all that stuff so I just want to you know personally thank thank her um that that definitely isn't the only p- 
people that deserve shout outs on here. So anybody I'm not giving one here, just know I, I, I love y'all too. And you'll, you'll come up eventually. All right. We also got a few other things put through there though. Let's get, let's, let's look into this. We also got a big, a big teachers union busting bill. And people thought we were crazy when we first started talking about this, saying this was a goal. And I want to, you know, my, my buddy Josh Bray out of Rockcastle County filed a bill. Basically, it's going to, once these current collective bargaining agreements are done, it's going to do away with payroll deductions for, for teachers unions. All right. And like people may think that that's singling out one, one group and that shouldn't happen. But here's the deal. When it comes to elections, school board elections are the only election where a certain segment of the population isn't even allowed to donate to their campaigns. Teachers can't even donate to a teachers to a school board candidate's campaign. But but the teachers union themselves here in Jefferson County in Louisville, Kentucky, they donated over a million dollars to four candidates here. So the state has no business directly withdrawing political political contributions which is what those were and if you look and see how they directly withdraw pay, uh, payroll from their teachers here they don't on the form where they elect to, to do so it doesn't even tell them how much they're going to take out it never even says it it doesn't say how much is going towards politics how much is going towards their actual dues how much is going towards lobby lobbying activities how much is going towards the professional liability none of that so but one of the ways they scared people is they say, well, we're going to pay for your professional liability for, 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 for if you're being sued. And this right here may be the one bill we're going to talk about where I, I really got to test out my theory on if we're, as in Kentucky, old school Republicans are for a new conservative, just a conservative, socially conservative party. And we, passed, we, got, we got a bill passed here in a non-budget year to pay for teachers' professional liability, state's just going to in-house it. That way, the unions can't use that scare tactic to say, well, we have to be able to withdrew, directly withdraw your dues because otherwise you won't pay for your liability insurance and you'll get sued and you'll go bankrupt and fear-monger, fear, fear-monger them to death. So we got that through. Um, another great dude great dude here in Louisville, John Hodgson, got, got through a bill that stops law enforcement from putting cameras on somebody's property without consent a lot of people don't know this but a game warden state game wardens here in the state in, in most states and in federal ones as well if you have over like an acre of land they can put cameras up anywhere they want and spy on you and use it for investigations there's no there's no warrant needed none, none of that um so he got that got that bill through and then for me one of my one of my favorite ones is the fact that we just we finally got a second amendment a second amendment bill through. That's again it's Josh Bray from Rockcastle County, but Lindsey Titchener from Oldham County had filed a, a very similar bill in the Senate as well. And it was awesome seeing them work together and keep the chambers from playing chicken and passing, you know, competing bills into into each other's chamber and then having to, you know, play chicken in the end on figuring out which one they were going to use. But now in the state of Kentucky, any any federal laws that were put on that are put on the books, regulations, executive orders, any, anything like that, after January one, twenty twenty one, they're no longer enforceable here in the state. It's illegal. And that's, so that's 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 pretty awesome. Now we're also working on getting a school choice, you know, a constitutional amendment passed through. We got keys money opened up to where students from the state can take money 
that they you know got from their uh, GPAs and ACT scores and go, can go towards trade schools now. We're still fighting to try to get this to where homeschool kids are open. It's open to them as well. Um, and we're still try, we're still fighting to try to get it to where pri private school kids that don't have access to extracurriculars, but in particular homeschool kids that don't have any access to extracurriculars can play at, at public through public schools. So we still got a lot of stuff going on. And it was just awesome watching all the new reps shake and bake, you know, and like just be more transparent and vulnerable and be willing to look silly and go down, go out on a limb to try to do the right thing. And just with telling you what all that just happened, I just, again, I can't stress this enough. We got all the, this all got done, but we were so close to, the, the none of it getting done. So I, one thing I want to tell everyone here in Kentucky, yes, we got stuff done, but do not think this war is won. We have won the we're, we have won the battle this session. And obviously, they still got to override a bunch of vetoes from the governor. But that battle was not the war, and not only do we still have a, a war being waged on us from the from the left's agenda, but there's also a significant faction of the establishment right. You know, when I talked about it a minute ago, like think of think of the people that wanna you know, they're that love sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Like those people don't like us. They just don't. I'm not trying to dog any one politician, but like, you know, those are the same ones that are all about big corporate handouts. You know, all they care about is uh business friendly environment. Low taxes for the rich. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, and again, I'm just trying, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to cause an argument with anybody, but that's not what, that's not why Kentucky is a super majority in, is in the Republican Party. It's not because of those issues. It's not because of lower taxes. It's not because of economic, you know, business friendly climates are everybody's top desire. It's not, it's, it's because of social conservatism. Most, not most, a large number of current conservatives in the Kentucky legislature would be would have been Democrats 15 years ago. There's still a couple of them, Robin Webb and Ashley Taggart Lafferty, that are Democrats that are currently in that battle right now. They're thinking they're old, they're Kentucky Democrats from 20 years ago, whatever. Like you can't be a Democrat and be reasonable anymore. Okay, and so we still we still have a have a war to win. All right, now I'm, I'm going to give, show you a couple of charts here to, to tell you kind of what I'm talking about. So let's, let's see this here real fast. All right, so you can see this first chart. So these are this is the percent of people who say these values are very important to them. So patriotism. In 1998, 70% of Americans said that was important to them. In 2023, it's 38%. Religion, in 1998, was 62% of Americans said it was important to them. Today, it's 39%. Having children, 59% was important to them in 1998. In 2023, it's 30%. Community involvement was 47% in 98. Shot all the way up to 62% in 2019, and now it's 27% in 2023. So just four years later. And then... Money. Is money 
very important to, to, to you. 31% in 1998, shut up to 41 in 2019, and that's 43 in 2023. So this is a recipe for disaster. Patriotism down. Believing in God, way down. Having children, way down. Community involvement, way down. Love of money, way up. That's what I mean. I, I should make all of us... That should be all, all most of us need to need to know right there. I got one more I want to show you. So this is a person who say these values are very important. So this is from the Wall Street Journal. So patriotism for Democrats in 2023. Okay. So this is 1,019 adults conducted March 1st through March 13th of 2023. Margin of errors, you know, 4.1 percentage points. So I just told you those numbers over here that was just collectively across you know all all ideological lines. This is this is uh gonna break it down based on Democrat, Republican, and Independent. So patriotism. For Democrats, only twenty three percent of them see patriotism as important. For independence independence is only twenty nine percent. Republicans fifty nine percent. Religion. 27% for Democrats, 38% for Independents, 53% for Republicans. Having children, 26% Democrats, 20 for 20% for Independents, 38 for Republicans. This one right here is sad. Community involvement, 32% for Democrats. Yeah, good for them. 23% for Independents, 25% for Republicans, and then money. 45% for both Democrats and Republicans. And then, oddly enough, it's 36% for independents, which I would have thought would have been more, like, libertarian-minded and would have been much higher than that. But again, like, so money is equally as important for, you know, everyone. I'm not saying money shouldn't be a driving factor, but I'm, just, I'm a true believer in, like, doing the right thing, saying the right things, talking the talk, walking the walk, ends up, you know, rising tide raises all ships, right, or whatever, raises all boats. You know, the community involvement, I think it's sad that Republicans and independents are that low, and you know, said kudos to the Democrats for being, you know, higher on, on on those there. But I think with Republicans, a lot of, you know, I see it a lot with people I know, they struggle because it's just really hard to get involved nowadays because we are so splintered. And then having children, the fact that that's so low, I mean, like, guys, listen, we got to, I mean, that's how we survive as a species. I mean, how are we not, how's that not more important to us? Now, my gut tells me that even though Republicans is only 38%, those 38% are probably having dramatically more children than the Democrats at 26 and the Independents at 20. Everybody I know that's Christian conservative has got like two plus kids. I got four of them. So, you know, in the long run, that's definitely, that's definitely a good thing. But to me, these two charts, I mean, show us very clearly that we absolutely have a culture war on our hands. And who gives a damn about politics if we don't have the culture that we want here in our country, in our state, in our cities, in our, you know, like towns, whatever, whatever you want to call them. You know, like we have to, we got to get our nation, national identity back. And I, you know, I felt like we were, it was a loss. It was a, we're kind of headed towards a lost cause until, the, and, you know, 
But after this session here in Kentucky, our legislative session, I at least I feel good about where our state's headed. We still got a lot of fight, a lot of battles left to win. But I know I'm in it to win it. I know I'm down. I'm in the trenches. I it, I love it. I love that stuff. You know. So again, but I'm gonna you know, let's go back here. I want to talk to y'all a little bit of another article. When I talk about the culture war and how I say the war isn't over yet, so the bill that we just talked about that we'll call the anti you know, the, the trans surgery bill, the trans education bill, all that. You everybody knows what happened in Nashville yesterday, okay? I've talked on on episodes before about you know mental health and stuff that's happening in, in girls' bathrooms from boys being able to go in there. I've talked about all this stuff. Okay, you gotta be able to, you gotta piece it all together. All right, well this article I'm about to pull stuff from, I think does a little bit of that. And it really wrap, wraps it up as far as like what we're up against and that we can't let we can't let let down our guard, period, on these issues. Specifically when it comes to these this the transgender stuff in schools it's the surgery stuff, all that, like, listen, and I'm allowed, I'm allowed to talk about this, okay, because, like, a lot of things I'm about to say kids need, I didn't get, I didn't have, I didn't get, and I wish I would have gotten it. Number one, like, just discipline. I love my mom, love my mom, my pap, all that, that, that helped raise me, never had a bedtime. Never. Could stay in people's houses anytime I wanted, walk around, be out till God knows when, all that. How I'd stayed off drugs and alcohol and stuff, I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll probably never know. Actually, I do know. If my dad wouldn't have died of, wouldn't have died of an overdose, I probably would, I'd, I'd be on it. I'd be on, be in the bottle or snorting stuff up my nose right now. I, I, I know that for a fact. Okay. Clarity. Okay, like clarity on who we are as a people, who what what defines a man, what what makes a leader, what is our, what is my role in the community, you know, like it's things that weren't weren't talked about, you know, government role of government, civics. This is all like we fundamentally have a breakdown in parenting. And just adulting in general, okay. I, I was reading a paper, reading an article just last night here in Louisville about this youth, this youth uh, panel that's on our that's on our uh, city council now to help advise on the violence epidemic and sh like gun you know, gun violence in the city. And everywhere, I, every time I turn around, everywhere I look around, I hear all this stuff about youth voices, youth getting feedback from youth, all stuff. I don't want their their I don't want kids feedback. I'm sorry. If there's one person that wasn't qualified to tell you what was needed to deal with the fatherless epidemic in Southeast Kentucky, it's my redneck ass that didn't have to, my daddy wasn't around and died of a drug overdose. So why would we put me on a panel to tell you what what I think needs to happen when I've never even seen what what should happen in the first place? We're bringing on these youth to talk about 
what needs to happen with gun laws that they've, they've it's never been taught about the Bill of Rights, the Second, the Second Amendment. Okay, I'm just I'm tired I'm tired of think of, of us being lazy and telling acting like kids can tell us what they need. They don't know. They think that it's fine. They'll be fine if they eat a bunch of sugar. Okay, I can prove it. I got four teeth missing in my mouth from where I didn't brush my teeth growing up. I struggle eating as a 36 year old man because I don't have a molar on either side of my mouth where I have a tooth above it. I'm just being real with you. So this is from Joe Girth. This was his this is his uh, article in regards to the trans, this trans bill or whatever. It says why Kentucky's anti-trans bill may leave sixty thousand people without a medical specialist. About sixty thousand people in West Kentucky may be without a medical specialist in their community because of the anti-trans bill that legislators pushed through in the waning hours of 2023. Without a whole lot of thought and with just a fraction of the debate that you would expect for such a sweeping piece of legislation. That's a, that's a blatant lie. There was, it's basically all the Kentucky legislature did this year was do committee hearings where the fairness campaign and ACLU and people like that could come, could come down and testify and all that. There was, there was no one issue, one topic m- more discussed than this. And just in general, the lady I mentioned, Representative Jennifer Decker, that spearheaded the bill, there's not one other person on this planet that could have been tasked with this, with drafting this legislation that would have put more thought, more uh, research, more uh, contemplation in her, of her words, that, that they would have went to prayer more in order to make sure this bill wasn't hateful and did exactly what it needed to do. And like, so I just like, totally reject that notion. He says the bill would do a broad range of things from prohibiting transgender teens under age 18 from receiving gender affirming medical care. Yep. That is what it does. That is what it would do. I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to hide that. I don't think anyone, I don't think anybody else in the conservative that's actually conservative is trying to hide that either. Gender affirming Affirm all affirmation means that you tell people that they're right. That ain't, that ain't medicine. If I go in there today and say, uh, I think I have cancer. Okay, should they give me radiation? No, they should not. And this bill would do a broad range of things. So from prohibiting transgender teens from receiving gender-affirming medical care to allowing teachers to use kids' dead names and pronouns to prohibiting trans students from using school restrooms for the gender which they, with which now they associate. Those last two things, what they're saying that it's keeping teachers and people from doing, what it's doing is allowing people to have a sustainable model for interactions with other people. If people can just change their names willy-nilly, change their pronouns willy-nilly, use whatever restroom they want willy-nilly, like, do y'all understand how unsustainable that is? Especially if we start getting into things where we start trying to say that it's, like, discrimination or, like, uh, what do they call it, harmful language or whatever, hate speech. It's totally unsustainable. You can't legislate that, that someone can just change their name on, the, on a dime. If I want to add a, a, a middle name to my one of my children, I, I have to go to court to do that and sign affidavits and get them, you know, get them uh, notarized and everything. 
but we just want to get a bit of change his name or his pronoun. Like, first of all, it's like pronouns are what they are. They're not debatable. It's part of our of our language. And then this using school restrooms for the gender which with which you now associate. Here in a minute we'll get into this and what the what the left's new what their new angle is on this, on trying to fight the like this fight against the fact that it's only little boys who want to use girls' bathrooms. Okay, but they're trying to change the narrative and make you st- make it sound like there's all kinds of little girls who want to use boys' bathrooms. It's well, it's a lie. So unless the legislature allows Governor Andy Beshear's veto to stand or a court steps in and blocks SB 150 on constitutional grounds, the wife of the specialist said the family will likely end up moving to another state with their 14-year-old transgender son where he'll be able to get the care and the support he needs. Again, that's it's another thing that in this situation where I have no, like, you can't let your guard down at all. Like, transgender son means biological daughter. Transgender daughter means biological son. We have to remember that all the time. Jennifer asked that I not use the family's last name or her husband's specialty for fear of upsetting his patients and his 15-person staff before they know exactly what their plans are and whether they'll ultimately choose to leave or not. She said her husband, David, practices in in a conservative rural county where he mainly draws patients from a four-county area. There's no other doctors in his specialty. And some of his patients drive more than an hour to find another specialist if, it, if, if he were to leave. It'd be difficult for Medicaid patients, Jennifer said, since the doctors, since the closest doctors in her husband's area of Victor don't accept them. So she doesn't want to use her name, her last name, but she used her name, his name, told you all about his business. Like, all of his, all of his patients are going to know who this is. This is a direct attack on trying to get people from this four-county this four area to get up in arms and try to scare everybody to death. All right? So it's like, don't be so disingenuous. It's ridiculous. He's, oh, he's also been practicing in Kentucky for about two decades. Well, anybody that knows this dude knows who this is now. Girth goes on to say, legislature didn't consider impact of bigoted bill. Actually, I'd say we're the only people that have considered the long-term consequences of this bill. Okay? Y'all want to chop off the genitals. Y'all want to chop off the genitals of children. So don't tell me, don't tell me that you have uh, considered the long-term consequences of this thing. Don't, I mean, don't even try telling me that. He goes on to say, the legislature spent absolutely no time during the interim discussing the measure or learning about transgender issues. And then when they heard from medical professionals in a few hearings in Frankfurt who urged them not to pass a variety of transgender bills, they dismissed everything they said. How about, again, no topic got more committee hearings and more time in committee than, the, than, this, than these issues, okay? No, no, no other topic. And how about they made, like, maybe they... They did dismiss everything they said. You know why? They'd done their own research already. Okay, that's 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 where like Democrats and the left get like they're so emotional. You they could they could do a year's worth of research and then be swayed on emotion. Okay, like one thing I'm grateful of that I'm learning, and I was like I've learned this you know, from my wife and just how successful she was in sports and school and all that. You have, you set a goal, you develop a plan, a strategy, a game plan on how to achieve that goal. And you, then you let the chips fall. Okay? Like, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. 
You don't throw out all your planning and all your, all your strategizing, all your research because somebody's crying in front of you. Okay, like if that was the case, again, my kid would never go to bed. He would, they, would, they would do whatever they wanted to do. They'd eat whatever they wanted to eat. Okay? They didn't consider how businesses and professionals would look at a state that would pass such a bigoted law, and they didn't consider how it would affect the professionals who have a transgender child in their family or the communities where they live when they decide to leave. Again, we're the only people considering these children. We're the only people. It's called enabling behavior. I firmly believe one reason my father is dead of a drug overdose is because of the enabling nature that my my Granny Cox had. Okay, she let him live there and do all do all his drugs, and and everybody knew he had a problem. I blame the police around there that didn't. They should have locked him up when they see him driving on the street drunk. Okay, instead of being swayed by emotion on how much they like him and how much charisma and stuff he had. Okay, like. My kids cry all the time, and it doesn't change my decision. We're the only ones that have thought about this. And when it comes to businesses and professionals, if you don't want to live here, if you don't want to live here, because the state of Kentucky isn't going to let you cut off a young girl's forearm skin and put a fake, you know what, down there, down between your legs, Get the hell out then. I don't care. Get out. It's the beauty of federalism. 49 other states you can go to. Go find somewhere else. Unlike some other parents and grandparents who testified, Jennifer said in an interview her son didn't show any signs of being trans as a child. When he was little... It was tutus and sparkly dresses, everything pink, she said. The only thing was he always said he didn't want to be a woman and didn't want to become pregnant. Again, she's talking about her daughter. So her daughter's saying she didn't want to become pregnant. Okay, like, you don't have to get pregnant. But about three years ago, as puberty set in, her son, her daughter, who had always been happy and cheerful, began to change so again, as puberty set in, her daughter started getting moody. Said again, her daughter hit puberty, and she started getting moody. Started getting moody. Who'd have thunk it? I've never known a girl, thirteen-year-old girl, to get moody. He was bubbly, had lots of friends. She was bubbly. She had lots of friends. But through the next year, he became more withdrawn, depressed. It just became obvious something was wrong. Yes, she was going through puberty. The same way boys do the same thing and start getting all weird. Start sleeping all the time because they're growing. And like, you know, all it's like he began trying to harm himself. We couldn't baby-proof his life noting that everything from knives to medication to thumbtacks to pencils were a danger to him. They sought counseling. He first came out as she first came out as queer in the spring of 2021. Then he came out as transgender that summer and began to transition socially, meaning he hadn't sought any medical intervention, but transitioned with things like a name change, a haircut, and he began to dress differently. I'm not even saying. Listen, bruh. If you want to cut your hair and dress different, I think we were all already there. That we don't like. You don't need to chop stuff off your body in order to do that, in order to, like, 
express yourself. You know, like she said, this is when he was 12, 13, when the body started changing, his brain started questioning it and putting it together. My kid is hilarious and happy and a child and the child that I had five years ago, that I had five years ago. He stopped trying to hurt himself. So, okay, I'm sorry. The change in his outlook was almost immediate after his transition. My kid is hilarious and happy and the child that I had five years ago. He stopped trying to hurt himself. Again, this mother is trying to say that we're not thinking long-term. She's literally only thinking about the present. That's all she's thinking about. In the scheme of life, a kid that's 12, 13. So from, 20, from 2021 to 2023, she's saying that her daughter got super moody, got depressed, and now is happy again. Is that really because... You, of gender transition or is that just because that's how puberty works most of his friends have been supportive but some of his friends have continued purposely to use his dad name his teachers have been supportive as well although jennifer said one teacher who had him in a class when he was younger continues to struggle with the new name and pronouns jennifer does too on occasion her only issue with the public school he attends came when another boy asked in graphic detail what genitals her son had they said it was a teachable moment jennifer said it wasn't a teachable moment. That was a suspendable moment. Listen. The only reason that kid's talking about this is because you're talking about it. I watched a thing yesterday on Twitter where Morgan Freeman was being, was being interviewed on uh, 60 Minutes. And it was like, they were asking him, Mike Walsh was asking him, how do we get rid of racism? You know what Morgan Freeman said? He said, we stopped talking about it. We stopped talking about it just so happens that all of a sudden 10 years ago people are talking about gender transitioning and all of a sudden we got an explosion of it something like one in five kids today question their gender or say their gender fluid or something like that again what you what you permit you promote we permitted it as individuals as communities as churches, we've, we've, we've permitted it, and thus we promoted it. Again, and Jennifer wants to suspend a student for not catering to the, the, the smallest percentage of things in this world. It's ridiculous. But... N- Worries over misgendering and bathroom assignments, but now Jennifer said she and David are worried about the new law. The only medical intervention her son receives is birth control to stop periods and to stop the hormones from raging through his body that can bring on gender dysphoria and put him in a dark place. He's already got gender dysphoria, so this shit ain't being brought on by anything. Sorry for saying another S-word, onions. Try to keep it family-friendly. But I want to read that again. This sums it up. Again, if it's happening in Kentucky, think about what's happening everywhere else. This is in a rural community where there's only one specialist in four counties. So it tells you how rural it is. The only medical intervention her son receives is birth control to stop periods. If you can't, if you're not watching right now, I'm rubbing my face. The only medical intervention her daughter is receiving is birth control to stop periods and to stop the hormones from raging through her body. 
I don't think this bill is going to stop going to stop the ability for a doctor to prescribe birth control pills to a girl. Jennifer said she doesn't know if his doctor will be able to prescribe birth control pills once it all takes effect. That's why I just said what I just said. I forgot I should have waited till that. But listen, Jennifer, if, that, if that's your take, you are so unintelligent, and I, and I feel sorry for your child. If you think this bill is going to keep a doctor from prescribing birth control to a biological female, I don't know what to tell you. Her son has never been on puberty blockers because he came out as transgender too late and he has decided he isn't ready to start hormone therapy, which will cause him to grow a beard and mustache and look and sound more like a boy. Exactly, that's what we're saying. He shouldn't be able, they shouldn't be able to do it until they're, eight, until they're an adult. And they're making that decision for themselves. Jennifer said she's glad he chose not to do that now, but wants him to do that option, wants him to have that option if and when he decides to go that route. Touche, that's what we want too. But shame on you for saying you're glad he chose that. Your minor child can't choose. They don't know what they're choosing. He just wants to wait a while and just enjoy being little. Well, good luck with that because you're you are you're you're promoting him not her not being little because if they're just focused on being little why why would they care about if they had a pants or a vagina I don't want a permanent change at least not yet but that's between me and the doctor and my child and the doctor and my husband and the doctor and not the legislature no that is between your child and their doctor once they're an adult. You can't let your child snort cocaine either. You can't let them smoke cigarettes. They or at least they can't buy them. You shouldn't be allowing them to have sex yet. And again, I can I I can say that. Sorry, I keep yelling in the mic. I can say that. Because I've been very honest and transparent with all y'all. I started having sex when I was... I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be fair to myself. I was, I, I was... I just turned 13 years old. And that was, that was consistent from there on out. Should not have been allowed to take place. It did not... No matter how much I thought I needed that sex, I did not. All I did was put myself at risk. Of, every, for, of everything. She worries about the about whether the state will data will, will use data mining to suss out what children are transgender. Oh, that's funny. Someone on the left's worried about data mining, or how they will or how they will figure out what doctors may violate the law by prescribing drugs to help with the transition. The same way they do now, to go out and find the the, the doctors that are over prescribing oxycotton and everything else under the sun. That's not abnormal. There's already laws in place governing that. And she doesn't like the idea that teachers will be able to misgender her son if they choose. They're not choosing to do anything. They're, they're, used, they're, they're following the same protocols that have been in place for God knows how long in, in, in humankind. As long as the English, the English, English language has been used. The, 
is this stuff, is this stuff happening in like Latin America and and with the Spanish language where everything is masculine and feminine? But her biggest concern, this is what I was talking about earlier, her biggest concern is the part of the bill that says her son must use the bathroom of the sex he was assigned at birth because there's so many little girls trying to use little boys' bathrooms. Oh my goodness. We can't keep we can't keep those girls from using boys' bathrooms. This might be the only kid, if this is true, this might be the only one in the entire United States of America that's wanting to go in and use a boys' bathroom. Nobody wants to use I don't want to use a boys' bathroom. Toilets are gross. Pee all the piss all over the floor from the urinals. That time you walk in there and boys are playing swords with pee and peeing all over each other. Walk into a little kid's bathroom and tell me you want to go in there and like use it. I'd rather I'd rather use a use a porta potty at football camp. He uses the girls' bathroom. She uses he uses the girls' bathroom because he's afraid to use the boys' bathroom. She's, they're trying to they're trying to normalize this stuff, and it's not normal. She is using the girls' bathroom because she should use the girls' bathroom. She doesn't have a penis. Okay, shame on her for being willing to let her little girl put herself in that situation with little boys with their own little hormones that they're going through in puberty. Shame on her for wanting her 13-year-old little girl to go into a bathroom full of 13-year-old boys. I mean, that is absolutely terrifying. And shame on her for wanting to put other little boys in that situation. They're kids. They, they can't always control themselves on stuff. They don't know what's happening to them. They don't. Puberty is scary for a lot of people. You don't know what's happening to you. Guess who's supposed to help you through that? The ki- the par- your parents. Instead, you're just leading this person into a life of confusion, and depression, and every- so I mean, it's just it's scary. It says Jennifer said she worries what will happen if his appearance becomes more masculine and he continues to use girls' bathroom. Just a big girl. There are girls that have facial hair. I have a family member that, like, for a long time grew like grew sideburns and mustache and beard, and like she had to she had to shave and had to eventually do, do I think take hormone stuff to make it stop. She didn't think she was a boy just because of, she had a hormonal imbalance making her grow facial hair. This wouldn't have been a problem if the legislature had moved more slowly and considered the science involved. I'm done with science. All right, like I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do research. All right, if if it's scientific research or if it's political research or if it's historical research or whatever, I'm just gonna do research on whatever topic I'm talking about. But you all have tainted the word science, maybe forever. Researchers are still trying to figure out exactly what it is that causes transgender people to be transgender. A small study out of Spain in 2013 found the brain is structured differently in those who are transgender than it is in those who identify with the sex they are assigned at birth. Researchers are still trying to figure out this phenomenon. What we're trying to, what social researchers are trying to tell you is that it isn't a thing. 
we're enabling this behavior. And we as adults want the instant gratification and the likes and the hugs and the like want to be our kids' friends so bad to where we aren't willing to delay gratification to, in order for our kids to have long-term success. Jennifer worries that, that a state law passed on a, on a whim. It's such a lie, Girth and Joe Girth, and you know that's you know that's a lie. Will harm her son, daughter, when legislators don't understand what is going on because the experts still haven't figured it out. Exactly. So the experts ain't figured it out. While God's green earth, are you even contemplating letting your son or daughter have a sex change? That is, I mean. You're lucky that we're not criminalizing the parental behavior. And it's just going after doctors. I'd be fine with locking up parents that do it. And she worries those legislators will cost 60,000 patients in rural Kentucky, a doctor they desperately need. You know what? I think there's a whole lot of elderly rural Kentuckians, just like during COVID, whenever they wouldn't let grandparents go watch their their grandkids sports sporting events i think there's a whole lot of rural elderly kentuckians that would say you know what so be it if it protects kids get them the hell out of here and that's what i love about kentucky is at the end of the day we are still old school in that in that in those regards but shame on joe Ger joseph girth from the courier journal for this article Shame on Jennifer, whatever. She didn't want me to tell me her last name, but she basically put her W-2s on here and her LLC paperwork and her her family history on here. So um, thank you. Um, you're uh, so uh, intellectually honest. I promise. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I guess I'm going to end with this. Social conservatism. Is alive and well, especially in this state, in this great state of Kentucky, Commonwealth of Kentucky. Christian traditional values, faith, family, freedom, fund of freaking mentals. All right, we still got a long way to go. But I think we got a good roster in, in Frankfurt, especially, that has the right, right frame of mind, has a, has a heart for listening and cares and wants to do the right thing and is no, isn't crazy left and isn't send ever send all of our paychecks to the Ukraine right all right we are the social conservative republican party get on the train or what did I say or get off the tracks cuz it's coming through okay I don't care. I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. We just ain't putting up with this bull, you know what, anymore. We're not putting up with this crazy left agenda. Same way that we ain't, we don't, we're not worried about corporate handouts. I'm not worried about, we're not worried about lowering taxes on the biggest industries in our state that ain't going anywhere. It's the topic of our discussion. I'm gonna do I'll probably do a whole podcast just on this just on this topic. Okay, we are a capitalist society. 
But guess what? The social conservative movement, we're not capitalists at all costs. We don't believe in capitalism at the lowest global price whatsoever. Okay, we can't do the right thing in America if we're, buying, if we're allowing stuff to be made by Uyghur Muslims in China for free. Okay, we believe in federalism. So a lot of these bills, the bill John Hodgson filed, Josh Braylon's teacher Second Amendment bill, they were filed on purpose. There needs to be a defining line again on what, what is the national government's, what's in their purview, and what is under the state's discretion. Okay, we believe in reading the constitutions of the federal, of the federal government and the state government. We believe in being realistic and pra and pragmatic. I'm not necessarily idealistic. And, and, and most importantly here, I'm going to ask this fundamental question. This is what I'm going to leave y'all with. The most important thing going forward for this for our conservative movement is to realize that Here's the main question. Why can't we just draft, create policies that makes the state of Kentucky, the state of Florida, the state of Missouri, the state of California, like, why can't we just draft policies that makes Kentucky look like what we want it to look like? God knows New York's doing that. California's doing that. Delaware's doing that. D.C.'s doing that. Minnesota's doing that. God knows the left is doing it. They're doing it in our cities, through, through, their, through our city councils here in Louisville. Go look good into Austin, Texas. Okay? Like anywhere where there's Democrats in power, they're using their power to shape culture because they know politics is downstream from that. And I'm not asking us to go outside. That's the beauty of our, the beauty of our Constitution and everything is if we'll just use the, use the authorities that's given to us in, the, in our constitutions, we can accomplish that and we can make this state and this country look like what we want it to look like and make it a better future for our kids. So, you know, I've been, been kind of all over the place today. I know that. I got a lot to tell y'all. So there'll be more, more content coming. I, I assure you that. Sorry if you hear my kids screaming in the background. But listen, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Kentucky is on the right path. Okay? Let's all stick together. And let's keep driving the message home. So thanks for coming to the Way Too Much Your MC podcast. Like, subscribe, comment, email me, all that good stuff. Appreciate you listening. Have a good rest of your day.